This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. I torture you. Across, which never scores. His first NHL goal. Pavel Buchnevich. It's a power play goal. Duarte, up comes Bradford. Two on one with Stefan. Root back. Heads to Stefan. He scores. Short-handed goal for Derek Stefan. Gives the Rangers a two-to-one lead. Here comes Grabner. He scores! Holden, Holden with a wrist shot. He scores! Nick Holden! Gallinari trying again. Yes! Gallinari! Six to shoot. Chandler by his man. Come underneath. Scoop it up and in! Wilson Chandler. Got a new season high with 22. Jameer Nelson knocks it in. They're going to take a look. Which? Jameer Nelson shooting in the corner. Murray, high arch. Yes! See, now that's, did you see the difference when I'm saying? Yes, take it. Take a three. Teams in between stints with the Celtics. Moutier, put it up and in. It is too early to panic when it comes to winter sports. However, it's never too early to truly analyze and draw up your concerns. And when you take what has happened over the past, not even week, the beginning of the season, you're looking at two teams that are sitting at 500 or a single game over 500 with the possibility of dropping to 500 tonight. Panic button. <laughs> there is the concern that you can draw up. I'm Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy here on the stretch run, of course, alongside Sully. So my first time working with Sully. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks for jo- for having me here, joining awesome. me. And it, I love the back, the, the bed. Was that the normal? Do you, no, that was me. That's, I like that, that bed. We, we do. We love that bed. We customize kind of all the music and all the intros and outros. And it makes it a little bit, a little bit smoother. Love that. You bed. can personalize it. So sucker, a... sucker for pain. It was a painful weekend. It was, pain, <laughs> it was a painful weekend for the Bruins. It was a painful night. Watch last night. Watch watching the Celtics. I couldn't watch more than five minutes of that before I was like, all right, I'm done. That's enough of that. And again, I've been known, and uh, you will hear throughout my next three days here, as I am filling in for Jimmy over the next three days, today, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you may hear from one person or another about my overreactions or underreactions or whatever it may be. Uh, Their perspective is that because I am not a flag waver like many of them, because yes. I am not rooting, root, rooting for that home team constantly, they perceive me as a downer. In yeah. fact, <laughs> a Debbie Downer I've been called on numerous occasions. However, I do think it is appropriate to say that you can draw reactions, not conclusions, yes. but reactions from the beginning of the season thus far. And we can't just focus on one versus another. Have the Celtics played a couple good games? 
I would argue that they haven't played a full game yet. Yeah. I would also argue they had, didn't play a full game last year either, except <laughs> maybe, maybe that Golden State game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, you could argue the same thing about the Bruins last season and absolutely this season as well. So what we will talk about throughout today as we have multiple guests lined up, in fact, four great guests lined up yeah. that will run the gamut of NFL to uh, college football to high school football getting everything and all the way back to handicapping all of that (laughs) we will talk all of that in fact it's a football filled day with the guests but due to a lack of a of a game for the patriots this past weekend uh, you and i sully are going to focus the next three days we'll we'll hit football of course like everyone does but there's going to be a lot of basketball talk not jimmy murphy's side of things where it's more hockey talk because murph isn't here we're gonna switch sides we're gonna switch sides here and I'm okay with that because Murph's going to come back, and he's going to be Murph's going to come back, and he's going to have you know fire, especially after Tuesday when Montreal and the Bruins match up. I don't think it's going to end well for the Bruins. He's going to have a lot of fire Thursday. He's just going to come in, and that first segment is going to be him just going. I'm just going to let him go, <laughs> and that's that's going to be fun yeah. for him and for you just to sit back and watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm just let him go. <laughs> but for me. It's going to be fun to be able to switch gears for all the listeners. Yeah. We will, of course, touch upon the Bruins. We will, of course, uh, get into, and I, in fact, will close out your baseball season as well. I, Jimmy has had a chance to do it. I have not. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, on my weekend show, 7 to 9, right here on Saturday mornings, I talk so much high school athletics that, especially now that it's playoff season, I yeah. didn't get to anything aside from high school athletics over the weekend. So I will get to wrap up the baseball season because I have some interesting points I'd like to kick off of bounce off of you here, Sully. Yeah. And that's we've got three days, though. Oh, so yeah, I, I'm, play in, time. <laughs> I'm in no rush. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sean Sendall, again, filling in for Jimmy Murphy here on the stretch run as we open up today with a topic that many of you will relate to easily. In fact, many of you are probably off near the ledge already. Yeah. Now I'm going to reel you back in. Those people are too close. Yeah. However, those who are firmly in wearing their uh, black and gold or green and white and yeah, funny pajamas. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm going to bring you over. I'm going to meet, have you all meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Can we, can we be realistic? Let's be realistic. <laughs> let's, let's see this all at an even keel because the only way you can move forward, and this is something that coaches have to do. This is something uh, all coaches do. Players have to do. And analysts such as you and I, Sully, yeah. We need to throw it out there because if there are things that need to be addressed now and fixed now, and they're not over the long run... It's too late by that time. It's too late. You're looking at a Celtics team that many pundits predicted to be the second seed in the Eastern Conference. I didn't like that. I'm thinking more third seed, fourth seed. A little bit. A small step up from where they were last year. progress. But that's progress. (laughs) And that's a good thing. As for the Bruins, I'll tell you what. Their season last year was so topsy-turvy, up and down, and just really the downs, the lows were more frequent that yeah. I have minimal expectations of yeah. their season this uh, you're year. With, you're with Jimmy. Jimmy's the same way, yeah. So for me, you're looking at the two and saying, okay, let's address what you see is the major concern right now. Yeah. Let's address what we can address right now because if it comes down to the all-star breaks – even just before the All-Star breaks, that halfway through the season mark, the actual halfway through, as we all know, All-Star breaks are usually a little bit after. Little yeah. after. Then there are things that you, you can't control anymore. You can no longer fix. Now, I'm not talking about the Celtics saying, okay, well, now your best free agent acquisition, really the only free, free agent acquisition, but the best 
one. Your marquee guy. The guy that may be arguably one of your best free agent acquisitions ever. Yeah. Yes, I get it. He's out right now. Yes, I get that Jay Crowder, who is one of your starters, is out right now. Yes, I get that Marcus Smart was out for the first three games. I get all that. However, last night, <laughs> there are concerns that rear their ugly head. And it's not just last night, Sully. Sitting down, watching your Boston Celtics. Let me ask you. Let me, I'm going to set you up for a question. At yeah. least I, I hope I am. Let's see what your answer is. What was and what is the Celtics team going to hang their hat on during the season? What What well, is there going to be their forte? What well, What was supposed to supposed be? Supposed to be is supposed to be team defense. Okay. That's that's their thing is defense, right? Thank you for set, setting it up perfectly. <laughs> it's defense. That's it. The team defense. Have what happened? What happened you last seen night? that from them in any capacity? Yeah, no. no. 24 points from Emmanuel Moody last night in the first quarter? In the first quarter. Yeah. Where? Huh? What? Have you seen it from them? More than a single quarter. How about that? In a, in, a, in a single game, I think I may have seen it really not against Denver, maybe later against the Denver team, but I've really only seen it in one quarter consistently. Maybe two. Yeah. I thought uh, the, the Bulls game that they won, I thought the Cavs game that overall they, yeah, played they played pretty, pretty well. well. They played pretty well. And I thought they did not play well against the Nets. They won the game. Yeah. The Nets yeah. stink. <laughs> yeah, the you Nets. better win that game. Jeremy, if Jeremy Lin is your marquee guy, you're terrible. That, that, like, end of story. If Jeremy Lin is your guy that you say is my, my hang my hat on, you're a terrible team. Sean Kilpatrick. <laughs> Watch out for my, my boy Kilpatrick. <laughs> like, that, that's a terrible team. That, that is, roster is Watch disgusting. out for Kilpatrick. That's my boy right there. He will put... In buckets. I actually picked him up on my fantasy basketball team. Draft. I drafted him. So you have I didn't other even allow someone else. So yeah, yeah. I have ulterior <laughs> motives here. I didn't even. I didn't even allow someone else to pick him up. I said this guy's going to score because they have nobody else. They have, yeah, there's nobody on that team. So I have not seen. And I. This was my argument last year. A team that had a chance. They finished with a record that was the exact same as three other teams in their the Eastern Conference. Yes. And my argument the entire season was. I have not seen them play a full four quarters. Yeah. Frequently, it was the fourth quarter that they wouldn't play. I was at two games. One in particular last year that stands out to me was against the Milwaukee Bucks in the, in the Garden. They played the first quarter in impressive fashion. Yeah. They played the third quarter in impressive fashion. And in the fourth quarter, they didn't show up. <laughs> in the second quarter, they didn't show up either. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is this has been consistent. I would argue that the Celtics, for the past year plus now, have played on an average of about two and a half quarters yeah, yeah. a game. Yeah, I would I would be with you with that. I'm with you on that. It's it's the it's the consistency part that gets me because how can you be ranked top five defense? But then when it comes down to especially last night, I'm sitting there. Last night was the first time I really got to sit down and watch a game, and I'm sitting there watching. Emmanuel Moutier put up ridiculous numbers going into the paint at will, going in, out, step backs, everything. How does that, how do you let that happen? And I understand Isaiah Thomas is, is liable defensively. I get that. He's 5'8 on a good day. Like, I get that. But your team is supposed to hang their hat on defense. You're supposed to be a defensive team, and that's really all you got. Because other than that, last night offensively, Isaiah Thomas is really all they had last night. Isaiah Thomas was just going into the going into the lane, hoping to get a foul, hoping to get a shot off, and hopefully not getting blocked. So if your team if your if your team is hung on defense, if that's what you have, and your coach stresses defense, and Brad Stevens, fantastic coach, I do like him a lot. But if that's what you are, 
and then you allow Emmanuel Moutier and the rest of the... I played the clips coming in. It, it wasn't just him. It was Murray. It was everybody. Uh, Gallinari. Everybody was putting in buckets last night. How does that happen? How do you let them just waltz in there? Even without Horford, I get that. You don't have Horford. You don't have Jake Crowder, your starters. But that was embarrassing last I night. I don't care. Yeah, it was, it's disgusting. When the team does not... This team... Uh, Arguably, and I can't, I, I've not met anyone that has tried to argue this against me, does not have a single go to player. Oh, no, no. And close. Isaiah Thomas is the closest thing to that. Next closest will be Al Horford. Yeah. No one else is consistently enough, is consistent enough on both ends of the floor, but mainly offense we're talking about here. So this is a team that will rely upon, and the reason they are looked at to be okay, they, they could make it to that, to that second seed is because of their depth. Yeah, and their ability to play ten deep and utilize each other like a college team and figure it out. Yeah, and figure it out together. One night it'll be Thomas. One night it'll be Crowder. Next night it'll be Bradley. Who knows? It might be Smart one day if he can figure out his jump yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the team is built on. So when one of them is down, two of them are out. The idea, the thought, the purpose of this team, the way it's been built, is to plug and play. Yeah, it is patriot like in a sense that they need the next man up. That was not the case no, no. the other night, and it was at home. Yeah, that yeah, at home while the opposition in the Denver Nuggets are on a road trip, they're on the second night of a back to back. The last time the Nuggets played was again the night before, but prior to that was the same night. Of your last game. So they a, had a, a game in the middle. A scheduled win is what you're saying. It was me. a scheduled <laughs> win. A scheduled it win. was the type of win that even the Celtics, with their inconsistencies last year, which I still believe. Look, let me preface all of this. They were a playoff team. They will be a playoff team. I think they're a talented team. But I think they can be better. Yeah, they should be. They should be. And these are the type of games that they won last year. They would make sure they took it to someone who was on the second night of a back-to-back. And early, too. It was early. They'd get on them early, and the rest of the game, it would just be it was a wash. Because, like you said, second night of a back-to-back, that's a scheduled win. That's, that's, they're setting it up for you. They're handing it to you. You're at home. You're in front of your home crowd. Please, just show, all you got to do is show up, really. All you got to do is show up and put out a, a performance that is resembling a, a basketball team. Because last night, watching, watching Isaiah Thomas just drive into the lane and Hope LeBron like and hope to get fouled and hope that he doesn't get blocked. That can happen all year. You have no one else to go to. There's no one else on this team. Like you said, you got to piece it together. You got to hope that one night one guy goes off. But you got to have more than there's going to be more than that defensively. Last night, that was disgusting just watching that first quarter. Last year, you watched the Celtics close out their season, and I'm going to end this segment on this. Uh, we will hit the break afterward. We will go to the UNH head football coach, Sean coach uh, Mac. McDonald. Coach Mack will join us. He's coming off of a bye, so we've got buys galore yeah, here. It's bye uh, week. With, it's bye week for everybody <laughs> around. Uh, we will go to Coach Mack after this, but I, I want to close with reminding you how the Celtics ended their season last year. What you saw from them was... No one who could hit a shot. No one who was comfortable shooting outside of Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas knew the only way to get everyone else involved was to drive to the hole. But the in essence, the Hawks were playing a tight-packed-in zone. A, a one that was legal enough. Yeah. And every time Thomas drove to the lane, there were three people around him. And he'd kick it out. I would watch players give up 15-foot jump shots because it wasn't a three. And yeah. give it to someone else who wasn't hitting threes. Yeah. Give it to them to hit the three. No. 
we I learned this at age six, maybe five. Starting close, work your way out. If you're not hitting the long jumpers, jump yeah. shots, take steps in. Drive to the bucket, get fouled, go to the line. It was like the Celtics didn't realize that last year. And what you saw yesterday was what you saw to close out the season last last year. Yeah. And that is what you're trying to avoid. That is why we're talking about it now. Again, it's not jump off the cliff panic button mode. It's just a reality check. But this is something that they should have learned already. Yeah. And and coaching staff needs to find a way to get into their heads and say, you know what, we need to remedy this, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to hit the break. When we get back, Coach Mack will be here uh, with us on the stretch run with myself, Sean Sendall, and Sully standing by. Listening to the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings it back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Beals Insurance Agency is proud to announce the opening of their new Londonderry office. Located on Route 102, Beals Insurance is committed to serving Londonderry, Hudson, Wyndham, and Litchfield while offering the best price and quality coverage that's right for you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance, make the right call with Beals Insurance Agency. Call Steve at 603-471-9999 or visit BealsInsurance.com. Hey Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh really? That's cool. Where is she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be able to find a house? Oh sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel? That's right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire Housing first-time buyers programs. Right, Owen? That's right. So, Maddie, you should tell your friend's parents to go see Dad and the staff at Pinnacle Mortgage. Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603-518-7900. Pinnacle Mortgage. 65 Market Street, Manchester. And online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage. NMLS number 132-3739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License number MB 132-3739. Main Loan Broker License number 132-3739. Kurt Stranson. NMLS number 22202. Equal housing opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Hi, I'm Liz. Welcome to Lowell Jewelry and Loan. The economy is pretty rough right now, and if you're looking for a short-term loan, banks aren't making it any easier. Sometimes it can take up to 60 days to get approved. That's crazy! We truly are in the business to lend money and put cash in your hands instantly. Bring in any item and we'll give you cash. We also give you four months before making your first payment. Call or come see us today. Our reputation is impeccable. Lowell Jewelry and Loan on Merrimack Street. The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. The Bud Light Party is exposing our nation's hottest issue. It's our laptops. 
They're warm, and they're getting even warmer. Why would they make something that rests in our laps get so hot? Can't they just figure out how to get some coolant in there? Until America finds a solution, an ice-cold Bud Light in our hands will help cool our laps. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. Do you have a flooring project in mind? Then let the experts at Divine Flooring partner with you to get the job done. Divine Flooring is committed to providing their customers with the best advice and products at the best prices. From carpet to hardwood to tile and stone, Divine Flooring will help you obtain a beautiful new floor that will last a lifetime. Plus, they have a huge selection of area rugs in stock at all times. Come experience the Divine difference. You'll be floored. Located right on Route 101 in Wilton. Call 603-654-5400 or visit DivineFlooring.com. Hey, American Express card members, there's never been a better reason to get out and shop small in your neighborhood. Because now, through December 31st, you could earn two times your rewards when you shop small with an enrolled American Express card. Learn more and enroll your eligible card today at AmericanExpress.com slash ShopSmallOffer. It always feels two times as good to support local stores, and now it's two times as rewarding. Prepaid and corporate cards, cards issued by other financial institutions. The Plum Card and certain other cards are not eligible. Reward cap and other terms apply. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Every Saturday morning from 4 to 6. Here's my thoughts to WBC, who likes to parade around and act like they are the sport of boxing. They like to to promote their belt as the belt to have. And for the most part, a lot of fighters follow that thought process. I think Canelo Alvarez would be in a position to really put some egg on the face of, of the WBC. On the home for boxing fans, ESPN New Hampshire. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Paralyzed Veterans of America. Changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Are you ready for some football? How about five NFL games a week, all right here on ESPN New Hampshire? Back here on ESPN New Hampshire, the stretch run. I'm Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy. Glad you're with us here this afternoon as we take you all the way home until 6 o'clock. I'm alongside Sully, and in his usual spot every week, of course, is Coach Mack from UNH, the head football coach. Coach, good afternoon, man. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. No problem, Sean. How you guys doing? Uh, you know, not too bad. Coming off a bye week really all the way around for you, for the Patriots. So it was a more relaxing weekend, I'd say, at least for us. Was it more relaxing for you or more hectic on the yeah, bye week? It's probably the best weekend I've had, uh, you know, <laughs> just not having to worry about anything. Not having to worry if, uh, if a plane was on time, a bus on time, or kickoff cover was a really good time. We got, 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 uh, got away from uh, Durham a little bit, saw my son Tommy. It was a great day. Honestly, Coach, that's that's what the bye week, I would like to think, is for. But 
what is it really like? You, you you got to change the routine for your players recently, or at least you told Murph that you were going to change it a little bit for the players on their bye week. So I'd like to hear, yeah. one, what you changed and how it went, and also if that meant any changes for you and your coaching staff. Well, first of all, the kids in the past, we, we lifted on Monday and ran Monday and Wednesday uh, at the beginning of the week and practice on Tuesday and Thursday. This this time, we decided to give Monday completely off, Wednesday completely off, get away from the field house, get away from the coaches. We came back Tuesday and Thursday and went Friday morning. Another difference, we used to go Friday afternoon. What we did is that we felt the complete day of rest on Monday and Wednesday would be better than lifting and running and having really five five days of some type of work. But anyways, you know, we went out and practiced on Tuesday in, 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 in uh, shells, and then we went full pads on Thursday and then shells on Friday. Had a real good practice on Thursday. Uh, did some really work with some young guys. Did some things I think we needed to do, techniques that we needed to improve upon. And then Friday, we worked some two-minute stuff, some onside stuff. We worked some... Um, quick up-temple type of things, and uh, got the kids out of here. And we came back Sunday and practiced yesterday in uppers and had a good practice. So it's a little bit different what we've been doing. We'll see how it works when we get to next Saturday. <laughs> right, right. I guess there's some waiting period for you to find out how productive it really was. But it felt good, right? In the moment, during the practices, it felt good. It, the, the guys looked good. They looked refreshed, right? Well, the kids were you know, really fresh yesterday, and that's what the key is, you know, because you got at least two weeks left in your season. And, you know, you got an opportunity for farther than that if you go. But the big thing was, like I said to him, nothing can happen unless we take care of business this week against Albany. So the huge thing was getting focused yesterday, doing some Albany stuff on special teams, doing some Albany stuff on first and second down, get in and get out of practice, and then take today off and come back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday hard, and then play him next Saturday. Hosting Albany Saturday, senior day uh, for your uh, Wildcats. Is there... You talk about, or we hear it about it in this area, the bye week being that extra prep time for uh, the New England Patriots, that extra prep time for really any coach. Is that what you guys take it for your coaching staff? Is that how you approach this extra time, this this bye week? Are you taking it to really prepare even more than you would uh, with just the regular one week? Yeah, You know, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> there's only so much you can do because you're going to have the same tapes that you have from you know the beginning of the year to where you are now. And, you know, what you want to do is check what you do, see if it's working, uh, try to see if you have any major tendencies in certain situations, and then what you work really hard to do is figure out what they're evolving to as an offense over the year. Are they the same team they were on September 3rd that they were on November 5th? You know, that's the thing you got to figure out. And if they are, then you can use every game. If they're not, you got to see has there been an injury, a change in quarterback. Are they doing something different in the secondary coverage-wise than what they started with? All those kind of things play into play into the plan. So you got to do a good job of evaluating all that stuff. Oh, what do you? What have you put in here this week uh, for preparation for for Albany? Don't go into too much detail. I know you have to keep some secrets, but what have you put in here for Albany? Look, you are uh, top twenty, twenty-two ranked, so top twenty-five uh, for uh, the for uh, for in 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 the school in the nation. Excuse me. What have you put in for Albany in particular as they're talented in their own right? And as you said, you have to take care of business now as you have to travel to Maine after you uh, take on Albany this weekend. Well, the huge thing for us right now is as, as a coaching staff, you want to take away what they do best on the, on the offensive side of the ball, and that's run the football with number 24, Hanks. And on the offensive side, you want to make sure that you execute and keep the ball in your hands. 
limit turnovers, give an opportunity to get it to your good players in open spaces, and see what other teams have done to do that. So you watch the tapes, you see the productive plays, you got a, you got a big cut up on, on their plays where they've had X plays or their plays where they've had negative plays. And then on the defensive side, on the offensive side, you look and see how people have been very, very successful against them. The great thing is you've got a bunch of tape to look at to figure that out. Hmm. The bad thing is you can't change that much towards the middle of the season. You know, like we're not the Patriots who probably through fall camp and through the, through the preseason have a menu of things that they probably have not used yet that they can use for the second half of the season. You know, we're already in the second half of the season, so we'll be using stuff that we've done, maybe tweak something here and there to get ready for them. Well, Coach, I have to ask you, I've been covering New Hampshire high school football for a number of years now, and one of the players that I'm sure you've heard many of the guys from this very station talk about is Trevor Knight. Uh, he's someone that I remember ripping off a phenomenal quarterback keeper against Manchester Central for a playoff win early as just a junior in high school. He's still young. How has he acclimated to being the the that position, that quarterback position, is a natural leader on the field. However, still not one of the upperclassmen. So how has he acclimated over this entire time uh, for your Wildcat team? Well, I think one thing that, that, that Trevor's done very well He's deferred to the senior leadership on the offense. And I think that's really important for a young man in his position. we got three starting offensive linemen, Lauderdale, Neeler, and Tad McNeely, all of them through a ton of games. you got an All-American tight end, Jordan Powell. you got an uh, All-Conference running back, and uh, Dalton Crossan. you got that number of people on your offensive side of the ball that are the vocal leaders and leaders. What Trevor has done is given them confidence knowing how to perform during the game. You know, the thing he's shown is that running ability, and all of our guys saw it, you know, last spring, saw it this summer, so they expect it from him. But the thing that he's done well in the last couple weeks is take care of the football. For look, I, I talk about this for high school students regularly. How not how do you how do coaches teach players and in this case young teenagers not to look ahead, not to look too far forward past their opponent at hand. I'm going to ask you the same question. I know they're a little bit more mature, this group, but it's still sometimes difficult when you see the writing and you understand what the task, what tasks need to get to get done. You still can't look past Albany. How do you relay that message to your group of men? Because it started back in December. You tell them we win. We, if we don't win eight games this year, we're not getting in the playoffs. We're not getting to the championship. And the big thing about it is that we already got three losses. So, we stopped talking about playoffs and everything like that right after the Dartmouth game. Yeah. To be honest with you, we started talking about a one-week season, a one-week game, things that we do well, and let's see how it falls. And when we won, we got a step closer. When we lost with JMU, we took a step backward. When we won against Stony Brook, a step closer. This is the biggest week of the season. You know, yeah. this one sets up the next week. So, I, I you know, and, I, and I'm preaching that, and I'm putting it up on the walls downstairs. I'm putting it on the bulletin boards and the scout reports. Next one, next one. That's a huge concept that everybody's got to understand. Coach, senior day, is is that a overall positive or can it become a distraction for your group? Nah, it's, a, it's a positive thing because, you know, it's a, it's a thank you to, you know, 18, 19 kids in your program that have given you everything, recognizing them and their families. You know, it, it, it's not as emotional as everybody thinks it is. It is very emotional in a lot of ways, but the guys are getting an opportunity to play their last game at Cowell Stadium or the last game in Wildcat Stadium, whatever we're named right now. You know, their last opportunity to put on the blue jersey and do those things. So 
They'll be up for it. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an added incentive to win the football game, but more importantly, added incentive to be around each other for the last time as 18 seniors here in Collins Stadium. Well, Coach Mack, look, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck against Albany and your senior of day this coming Saturday. All right, Sean. You guys have a great rest of the day. You too, Coach. Uh, coach Mack from UNH, the head football coach there, uh, really getting into the nitty-gritty about what it means when you're approaching the end of the season because yeah. it's it's not just one dimension. It's, well, we have to jockey with senior week. or I, I keep wanting to call it senior week. Yeah. Senior, and, I, and it's the other term that wants to come out is senior night, and it's in the afternoon. It's, so it's, it's yeah. senior day. I, I, I don't even – senior <laughs> day. You jockey with that, and you you know the, the fact that there are some guys leaving your program, guys that have played there and dedicated their you know four years of their life to – Plus you're in the playoff race. And plus you're in the playoff <laughs> race. And, and you're not just in – you're really in a race yeah. because, because you're not the top. You're not the the team that's sitting at top. You have a few losses. Yeah, you're battling. You need to battle. So you're jockeying. Coach Mack is jockeying with a few different aspects with this football team. Now, I will say, with the natural maturation of an individual, not a football player, of an individual, they will understand what is at hand and the task at hand, and they'll they'll get it a little bit more than the 16-year-old will. Yeah, and the sixteen-year-old, or I should say, the twenty-two-year-old, has heard it since they were fifteen, yeah, sixteen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So driving that point home constantly, every coach, every year, game by game, eventually it does click, and you do get it. It's not the easiest thing to do, however, when you're sitting there as a player, you're competitive, but the competitive juices are flowing for the playoffs. Yeah. For that next step. And you, you've seen it. We've all seen it, Sully. Just we've seen it with professionals. You look just, past just the team left. in front of you. Yeah. And all of a sudden. Patriots in Philadelphia last year. Uh, Patriots against Buffalo yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. You just look and it, it just happens. It just happens. So it's, it's, in my opinion, not something that's easy to do. You can, you know, Coach Mack can say he tries to do it uh, this way, that Play, way. Pasting it everywhere, yeah. It's up to the individual players to remember. And senior leadership, too. I think it comes to a point where UNH has been a pretty good team now for a couple of years, and they've, they've been there before. They've been to the playoffs. They know what it means to, to get to this end of the season and know what it means to have to win a couple of games here to get in. So, I, I, like he says, he says it all the time with us. He, he relies on his senior leadership. He relies on his guys to, to really hammer it home, and not just him saying it, but, but even after, off the field, uh, in classes, everywhere else, to make sure that these guys know, especially Trevor Knight, like you said, he's a, he's a young player. He's, he's very mature. He's a very good quarterback, but he's still young, you know? And so to hammer that home, you know? I'll, I'll tell you what, that play that I was talking about yeah. against Central, was, it, was pheno- it was phenomenal, but it, I am sure it was not drawn up that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am yeah. sure that uh, his father did not say, Hey, do the the you know drop back <laughs> like you're going to pass it and just tuck it away. Yeah, he was a 16 year old roughly who said drop back, looked around and quickly, I got no one. I'm quickly going. Decided <laughs> I had no one. With that said, it was a phenomenal. Run. Oh yeah, I was I was a senior when he took over itself as quarterback, and it was just just every, every every game there was something that you said, wow, did that really just happen? Did he really just make that play? Freakish athleticism to be able to run like that and be able to make some plays the way he did when he did that. It was a tie game. Yeah. I thought Coach <laughs> Knight was going to take a knee and yeah. let the game be done. Yeah, I, I really did because it was a, a tough battle the entire time. I thought that they would need the you know just let's have the mental break. Yeah, he threw them out there. I said, okay, they're going to run a play. We'll we'll see yeah. what they do. Uh, it'll probably it'll only be one play. Yeah, 
<laughs> and he, he, he takes goes off. 75 <laughs> yards for a touchdown run. And I think the end of my call was just, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because I, I, I didn't know what, that's just what came out. I didn't know yeah. what else to say. Yeah. Just an incredible athlete. And we talk about his feet a lot, and yeah, that's what he utilizes very well. But his arm's gotten better. His arm is, yeah. From when I when I saw him till where he is now, I went up and I saw them play a couple weeks ago, and his arm has gotten a lot better than from what I remember. Obviously, high school kid, right? Having an arm is not exactly a thing, you know. It's <laughs> right. it's, it's not exactly a, a thing to have a passing unless you're Merrimack, apparently. But unless you know having a passing having a passing game is just not exactly what you do in high school. It's more you're of a run game. Me. It's yeah. It's more of a run game. It's more of a you know read option, some some stuff like that. But his ability to throw the ball is, is not. It's not a joke anymore. Like he can actually throw the ball. He's a complete quarterback now. And the leadership part of it, like you said, the the quarterback being an on field leader, he's matured a lot. He's matured a lot. And from what I've seen, when I saw him that that senior year to where he is now, he's such an improved player. And I, it's good to see. I'm glad that he's he's doing well up there. I really thought it was an interesting. I don't want to say take, but an interesting statement that Coach Max said flat out. He does a great job of deferring yeah. leadership to the senior leaders, the ones who have been the leaders for the past yeah. couple of years on that team. He doesn't automatically take it because he is the quarterback, yeah. which oftentimes you see it's quarterbacks case, yeah. doing so. He allows the natural leadership of others to come into play. Just because someone is a, a left guard yeah. doesn't mean that he is not a natural leader. Yeah. And to allow that to come out... To me, that's empowering for an entire team. Yeah. And also shows humility of the quarterback knowing, you know what, I'm not going to come out here and and tell you definitively what to do. You better yeah. do what you're doing right. Yes. I'll point it out when it's not, but I have other guys that will point it out too. And yeah. So he relies upon that. I really think that's that's a sign of natural maturity. Yeah, was, that was just maturity is, is absolutely what that is, knowing that you have guys around you that have been there before, that have been through the ringer, that have been there for four, maybe plus years that know what it's like when you get down to this situation here. you got two games left. You're battling for a playoff spot. They've been there before. They've been to the playoffs. You rely on those guys. And you. And if I'm Trevor, I'm, I'm asking them, too. Like, I haven't been here before. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I haven't, I haven't dealt with this before. I would rely on those guys heavily. And Coach says it all the time. He relies on the senior leadership, and they're, they're doing well right now. And they have a shot here. They have a good shot here. But they got to take care of, like you said, take care of business. Take care of Albany and then move on to next week. And they have Maine next week. They're, they will go up to Maine, of course, with their senior day uh, for <laughs> just this Saturday. I'm not sure why I was stumbling on that so much. I really wanted to say senior, senior week, week yeah. and senior night. And it, <laughs> So my third one I got to was the damn day. Go figure. But <laughs> it's something the past two years is really, really fun to watch for UNH. Yeah. And fun to watch them in the playoffs. And I'm hoping to watch them again Continue. this season. Absolutely. Keep it locked right here. We're going to hit a quick timeout. We get back. We will wrap up the first hour here on the stretch run with uh, myself, Sean Sendall, filling in for Jimmy Murphy and Sully alongside. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. It's Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley. The salary cap is going through the roof. Insane. The money is going to be 10 times worse than what it is this year. So yes, that contract was 15 a year, 15 and change a year. If that happened, if he signed that deal now, that's 20 a year. 
because they'll wear the salary cap skull. All right. Numbers are going to be inflated. NBA fans are obscene, are going to be obscene seeing some of the numbers that are going to come out in the next yeah. couple years. And a lot of outrageous. And we're going to talk about it in here. We're going to talk. Everyone's going to talk I mean, about it. The numbers are going to be stupid. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. The bye week is over and now the Patriots open the second half of the season with a big game against Seattle in Foxborough Sunday night. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier inviting you to join me for a Bud Light Patriots viewing party at the brand new Buffalo Wild Wings inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways and someone watching the Pats at B-Dubs in Nashua is going home with an awesome Bud Light Patriots cooler. Buffalo Wild Wings now serving you game day greatness inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You're welcome. Are you looking for an electrical contractor you can count on for insight, experience, and quality work? How about a partner who is dependable and operates with high integrity? The answer is Hammond Electric. Hammond Electric provides quality licensed electrical work for commercial, industrial, biomedical, and life sciences facilities in Massachusetts, southern New Hampshire, and southern Maine. Hammond Electric, powering your productivity. Please call 800-966-5040 or visit HammondElectric.com. Granite State Game Day, Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Everyone's clamoring now for them to trade the pick. The fact remains that you should have just listened to me at the trade deadline. I said then, trade the pick. If you can get the right move, trade the pick. Because you don't know, it could be get it could become more valuable, it could become less valuable. And I think because they didn't land in the top two, it became a little less valuable. Dragon Bender, who played 13 minutes a game in Israel, does not is not attractive to me. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. Captain Eric Lawrence needed help after a paralyzing injury in Afghanistan. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. To learn more, visit PVA.org. A public service message from paralyzed veterans of America. Start with Friday Night Lights every Friday from 6 to 11. And end it with the New Hampshire Sports Page on Saturday mornings at 9. All right here on ESPN New Hampshire. They're playing basketball. Uh, all around the world. The uh, uh, to the beach, y'all. Uh, let's go. Uh, all around the world. Six to shoot. Chandler by his man, coming underneath. Scoop it up and in. 
Wilson Chandler got a new season high with 22. Jameer Nelson knocks it in. They're going to take a look. Which? Jameer Nelson shooting in the corner. Murray, high arch. Yes! See, now that's, did you see the difference when I was saying? Yes. Take, it, take a three. Teams in between stints with the Celtics. Moutier, put it up and in. From last night, or yesterday, whatever you want to call it. Your Boston Celtics falling 123 to 107. Yeah. To the 123. Yeah. To the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets. I'm Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy here on the stretch run. Sully still alongside 123. That's 42 points allowed in the first quarter. Uh, <laughs> I, again, sometimes you just have to break down with the numbers that you can listen to me pontificate all you'd like. And uh, some people may, uh, over the years, have gotten sick of that, which is totally fine with me. So I'm going to back it up with some numbers. Yeah. 42 points in the first quarter. What would you say, Sully, is an acceptable number that you're okay with? you can deal with of points the Celtics allowing per quarter. Definitely not 42. <laughs> um, Roughly, are you good with 25? I was like 25 to 28, I'd be good with. You okay, know? so around, it's going to equate to around 100 points a yeah. game allowing. Yeah, especially in the new NBA, fast run and gun. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with 25 to 28 there. 42 in the first quarter. Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> 35 in the second quarter. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't make it feel any better. And in the second half, they decided, okay, we'll stop them to 26 points. And by the fourth, uh, Denver Nuggets just didn't need to play anymore. It didn't matter. Yeah. 20. <laughs> so in the first half, the first half, they close out and go to halftime, to halftime, mm. 77 points yeah, scored. Yeah. <laughs> 77 <laughs> points. I flipped back. I was watching and going back and forth. So I flipped yeah. back toward the end of, actually, I watched most of the basketball game. But uh, as I realized it was getting really out of hand, I, I decided to watch a little football. I flipped back right before half, and I think I had to pick my jaw up <laughs> off, off the, the floor. Yeah. 77 points allowed in the first half. For a team that stresses defense, too. A team that hasn't, look, this season has not played top-tier oh, no, defense. Oh, not even close. But that's their, that's supposed to be their identity. That's every everything you hear. I hear everybody talk about it. Well, they got the great they got a great team defense. They should be third in the league, fifth, whatever. It, it didn't show up last night. Definitely wasn't there last night. And I understand that your your marquee free agent, your Al Horford, your your stalwart down low wasn't there. But I don't care. 70, they 70, never 70. had one last year. <laughs> yeah. Who did they have down there? Don't Amir give Johnson? me <laughs> right. He's still there. Yeah. And don't give me Jared Sullinger, yeah, no. a guy who Could, he, couldn't get off the ground. He <laughs> was a the epitome. Of someone who played up and down. His, yeah. I was listening to a, a another station at one point, a more regional station outside of Boston, who know nothing about yeah. basketball. And I'm yelling at, proceeding to yell at my radio because when I'm out of range here and I just and my phone's dying and I can't yeah. plug in for the TuneIn app into yeah. my phone, you I have to, to listen go to with what's on the radio. I have to listen to what I can get. And this moron. Tried to, because of pure numbers yeah. and averages, say that Jared Sullinger was a better player than Al Horford. Yeah, no. <laughs> Jared Sullinger's averages maybe are going to equate to around the same for their careers. Around. Impact, impact on team. But impact <laughs> on team. And how about, yeah, Jared Sullinger can pull down 
25 and 15 one day, and the next game, he'll go 4 and 3. Yeah, he won't show up. Consistency. So they never had anyone. The point to this was they never had anyone in the post last no, year. No, not even close. So don't give me the post crap. And to be quite frank, Al Horford is not, and I don't love this term because everyone loves it so much, but it's, it's appropriate enough, the rim protector. Al yeah. Horford is not a guy who's going to block a ton of shots. He's stronger. He's bigger. He's he understands. Low post defense. Very good. Understands low post defense. He's a, look, he's an intelligent guy. Yeah. I like listening to him. I like watching him. He Likeable guy. It. And he is a team guy. He's a leader. But he's not going to fly across from one side to the other side of the lane to block a shot. That's yeah, he's not no his DeAndre style. Jordan. He's no. A, no. He's no. very much a stay-at-home, do-my-job, take-care-of-business, be a low-post guy, but I'm not going to go up there. He's not going to go up there and get six blocks a night like Jordan or Orleans Noel or something, someone of that nature. So you still don't have that guy on yeah. your team. I don't care if he's not there. And don't tell me that because Marcus Smart has played just – three games that he's somehow stopped playing defense or doesn't yeah. know how yeah. to play. Yeah. No, that's been his calling card since his freshman year at Oklahoma State. Yeah. He's a fiery player, a guy I was excited that the Celtics could draft. Intense player. Because of that intensity. You can't teach that. Yeah. You can't teach that fire. Yeah. I loved it. But he hasn't continued to improve, and right now he's not even showing me the defense that he can hang his you hat gotta up on. you got to at least give me that. Yeah. Avery Bradley. Not playing the solid defense just last night that I expected. We can run down Jalen Brown, a great athlete. We've seen him play some good defense. Yeah. I wouldn't say great yet, but good defense thus far. Where was he yesterday? Yeah. I understand Jay Crowder wasn't there, and I understand he's one of your top three defenders, in my opinion. Jay Crowder should not equal, you know, 77 points. You could, Jay just Crowder, nothing you could have done. I don't care that. if there's Jay I don't care if the whole starting five yeah. is down. <laughs> yeah. That does not equate for a Denver Nuggets team that will be maybe it's okay maybe <laughs> in the playoffs yeah. maybe a seventh they're, they're seed they're decent they're if young they're up and coming if like, they're above the seventh seed I will be surprised in the yeah. West oh yeah so this is a team that you should handle and they didn't and they couldn't yeah yeah and well, that was, was the that frustrating part. yeah it's it's that they is that they couldn't stop to me it's it's one thing if you give up a run. And you can put a stopper on it, and you can and you can kind of fight back. There wasn't any fight back last night. It was just they were just taking it. They were just taking it. They were letting Moutier run up and down the floor on them. They were running. Name, name the guy, Gallinaro. Every single player was involved for the Denver Nuggets. Every single player had points. Every single player was involved and and had an impact on that game. They, it didn't matter what they did. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the bleeding, and they didn't fight back either. That they, was the worst part. They me. came out lackadaisical. They came out tired. They came out into that game not ready to play. Or they simply came out and said, uh, this is like an eighth seed out in the West. Yeah, we should be able we to. We can beat them handily. And it, and it came back and bit them right in the butt. You know? It came back and just blew up on them. But I'm not sure. I'm really not sure if it was them looking past them. Because I haven't seen yeah. the team I expected to see yet this season. Yeah. Even in their best quarter, let's break down their six games to a single quarter. So, one of 24. I have not seen the defense, the team defense leading to the team offense that I need to see for a team that is supposed to be 
Everything that you're hearing, yeah. The second seed in the East. Yeah, I'm not. Everything that you're hearing, they're supposed to be, like I've been saying a couple times, that they're supposed to be the third or fourth best defensive team in the league. They're supposed to be this, you know, clamp down and shut down teams and shut, they shut down the Warriors and all this. They, all you, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, oh, well, they beat the Warriors last year. Well, they beat the. I, I don't care. If I don't you don't, care sh- at all. if you don't show up against the Denver Nuggets of all teams <laughs> and you get smacked by Moutier and Gallinaro and name, Jameer Nelson, name the player. You, With, who, by the way, I did not know was still in the right, league. Right, right. I didn't know you're still playing. Like, what? How can you get beat down by this team at home? At home. Right. Like, you said it too, a scheduled win, and you don't show up? Like, come on. Like, there, there, there comes a point where I can't with the green team and all this stuff, and they're supposed to be this good team, and they're going to be, they're going to give Cleveland a run for their money and all this stuff I'm hearing. Can you at least show me that you can beat the Denver Nuggets? Like, you got to show me more than that. Can we win a playoff series? Can we do something other than just be a good regular season team? And show me that you're 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 as good as I'm being told you are. And I will also say that as we approach last season, as we approach the playoffs, this was a younger team. It still is a younger team. Yeah. And one of the the thoughts that I had going into the playoffs was of concern that you're approaching the playoffs, and because you're a younger team, you don't realize that the regular season may be that marathon, and then the playoffs is when you have to turn on to that sprint. You have to, you have to turn it up. So my analogy was, if you're playing, if your Boston Celtics are playing at, let's say, an 8 all season, and that was good enough to get to a record that was good enough for three other teams yeah. in the same conference and not as good as, some, uh, of, as two others above you, but good enough to tie all of them, not even get a home series. Yeah. And they were all playing at a six and a half. Yeah. Then they decided to ramp it up to an eight and a half, and your eight and a half went from eight, you know, so you went from an eight and a, to an eight and a half. Yeah. And they ramped it up two and a half ticks. All yours is a half tick. So you were playing even with them, but you were playing at your eight. Yeah. So you capped out. And when they had else, room to keep going. Everyone else kept going. Yeah. And that's what happened last year. You beat, you beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on last year. You beat up on teams like you should have last night in the Denver Nuggets and a back-to-back. You beat up on teams in, in situations where it helped you. And, and you played at a regular season pace. But when it comes down to it, the flaws on this team are still the same. They still don't have a go-to guy. Really, Isaiah Thomas, great player. Really great player. I don't want him having to take the shot. I don't want him having to drive into the lane in the late minutes of a game to win a game. I just that's I you can't rely on that. Al Horford, great player. Really great player. I'm glad they got him. Glad they finally got somebody who was, you know, supposed to be a top free agent and a marquee guy. But he's not that guy either. He's not no. a go to guy. You can't give it to Al Horford in the post and expect him to score. Like that's not that's not the type of player he is. He's a great player, but he's not that guy. The the problem on this team is still the same. It's still the same. You don't have a guy that you can go to. You don't have a reliable guy that can score when you need to. Last year, Evan Turner was that guy. Evan Turner's not anybody special. I, I've had multiple arguments with people saying that Evan Turner is the reason that they're bad right now. Evan, Tur- Evan Turner's not the reason they're bad right now. It's the same team as last year, and you have the same problems. But you have to show up in the regular season and win games you're supposed to win a back-to-back you got to beat the Denver Nuggets. You can't lose that that badly. It's one thing if you lose a close game to get smacked by the Denver Nuggets when they're on a back-to-back situation. That can't happen. Can't happen at home. You need to, as a Celtics player, as the coaching staff, there are aspects that they need to remedy, and they need to remedy quickly. Yeah, fast. And it's, I look. I can handle losses right now. I can handle a three and three record. It's still early. I'm not at the edge of the cliff here. What I am saying is that for a team that needs to continue to progress on both sides 
of the ball. They were extremely talented on the defensive side last year. Offense needed work. They yeah. were supposed to take that step up. Why? Because Progress. we've seen that progression yeah. the past few years, couple years. This was the third year that was supposed to, again, another step up. And that step up was from a, a uh, you know, barely eking outside of a home home playoff yeah. advantage in the, in the east, first round the way, in the east <laughs> to going up to the second seed yeah that was something that you wanted to see you needed to see you hoped to see and right now they haven't made that step up yeah. and i haven't seen it out of them that's the problem it's not that they've had losses again losses aside i need to see a certain style of play or yeah. a certain energy you need to show me I that you can do it, it. yeah and right now, the eye test, not just the numbers that I gave you afterward, but the Definitely eye test not passed. has not passed. It's The eye test is not telling me. We've hit the top of the hour here on the stretch run. So one hour down, that still means two to go here today as we take you from work all the way home. Stretch run with Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy and Sully alongside right here ESPN New Hampshire. Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Stelchik with Elise Jolly from Merrimack High School. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your activities at school? I am part of the Merrimack Volleyball Athletic. I'm on the swim team and the track and field team in the spring. I do student council. What would you say the swim, lacrosse, basketball, track and field have in common? Anything? <laughs> the team atmosphere experiences you have with each team within and the sport you find between the teams. What? What is it like to know that you're leaving your school, that you've been so involved in with your friends and all your activities, to know that you're going to be leaving that? Are you excited or are you nervous? Like it's exciting to see what else the world has to offer and what else is out there. But at the same time, having to like leave your comfort zone and throwing yourself out there is a little nerve-wracking because you built so much. And like I'm going to be different. To, like, Elise, where are you looking at going to school? Playing volleyball at the University of Delaware in New York. So I'm really excited to be down there. I'm looking at maybe do something on like biology and the biological sciences and and who would you say has influenced you the most in your 